Welcome to Holding Down the Fort, a podcast show dedicated to curating knowledge, resources, and relevant stories for today's military spouses so they can continue to make confident and informed decisions for themselves and their families. Because let's face it, we know who's really holding down the fort. I'm Jen Amos, a Gold Star daughter, veteran spouse, and your host for Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Let's get started. Welcome back to season three of Holding Down the Fort. I'm your co-host, Jen Amos. And as always, I have my new co-host with me, Jenny Lynn Stroop. Jenny Lynn, welcome back to the show. Great. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yes, it's so great to have you. I think we've been having some incredible interviews so far this season, and I'm glad that we continue to have some amazing guests on our show. So thank you for being a part of that with me and adding to the conversation. Oh, absolutely. This is such a joy. Yeah, I love it. If anyone wants to know, like Jenny Lynn, all she has to do, her only job on the show is to just show up <laughs> and share her thoughts. And to be quite honest, it's been a huge help for me because I mean, I, I'm really good at small talk, but it's always nice to kind of add that extra perspective and, and take a break sometimes and let someone else talk. So I appreciate Jenny Lynn just volunteering herself to be on the show with me and adding her perspective as an active duty military spouse. So thanks again, Jenny Lynn. Anytime. All right. So we are excited as always, because every time we get to do a show, it means that we get to interview another guest in our community here. And so I want to introduce you all to Elaine Dusetzina. So Elaine is a certified health and wellness coach, a Navy veteran and a retired military spouse. She is also a mom of two girls and also a dog owner, a fur mama. Elaine, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here and an honor. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I feel like this is really like the second show that I've created so far that I get to bring you on. And you'll have to forgive me. I completely forgot how exactly we met, but I'm so, I'm so excited, you know, to have had you on my other show where, you know, you were one of the first few people that I interviewed via Facebook live. So thank you for doing that with me. And then now you're here (laughs) on my show here at Holding Down the Fort. Yeah, definitely. I think the first time we corresponded was through a Facebook group, the, the Filipino blogger group. Yes. Where I, that's when I found out about the Filipino American Women Project and got involved with it. Yeah. So shout out to the Filipino blogger network over there in San Diego. Thank you for reminding me that. I, I remember that now. That was almost like, I think that was almost four years ago now, or maybe three and a half years. So yeah, it's three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's amazing how long we've known each other. And also fun fact, when I was leaving San Diego, my husband and I had a, or Scott and I had a bunch of stuff that we weren't taking with us. And so you came over to my mom's (laughs) and (laughs) helped me take a bunch of my stuff. So thank you for for doing that. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for offering. Yeah, for sure. It was funny because there was this cleaning tool for, I think, the bathroom that that you took. And my mom was like, oh man, I should have taken that. And I was like, I was like, mom, you, you should see your garage. It's just full. Like it's, you're, you're fine. You have plenty of things in the house. Yeah. <laughs> well, well anyway, Elaine, let's go ahead and get acquainted with you for a little bit. For people that are getting to know you for the first time, why don't you just give a quick snapshot of your life today, particularly what keeps you excited or busy nowadays? Well, nowadays, you know, I'm like you mentioned, I'm a certified health and wellness coach. So I started my business about a year ago, and that's what's been keeping me busy. And for me, it's kind of 
rough because you know I have my two kids and we started the online schooling so just um, kind of like keeping my focus on different things and I feel like I'm, I haven't really grasped the whole becoming a business owner yet and so I'm just learning a lot from it and growing from it and also at the same time trying to grow my profession just like in with regards to education and certification, just advancing myself so I know more of what I'm doing. Yeah, for sure. I think that you're such a powerhouse because you served and then you became a military spouse and watched your kids and then you went to school and then you got certified and now you have a business. And I just, I feel like, I mean, I don't think I told you this, but I feel like you're one of the most humble people I know (laughs) and also very accomplished and also very methodical on how you approach things. So I just like I see that and I really respect that of you. I appreciate it. I feel like I've been just looking at it, just reflecting back. It's a lot of transitioning from military to becoming a stay-at-home mom and a military spouse. And then now my husband's retired, so we're not really in the military anymore, but we do have the retirement to enjoy. And my husband still works as a Navy contractor. So we still kind of have that like connection with that. And then transitioning into becoming a business owner. It's all just continually just changing and evolving. Yeah, for sure. It's just this constant evolution. I think that's what life is though. Like one of our colleagues, he said this so well, he's about two years from transitioning out of the military. He's like, we're always transitioning. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just life. You're always transitioning. Like, to think that you're not (laughs) is, like, that's an unrealistic way. And and you find yourself disappointed or maybe let down or with a lot of stress to think that you're not constantly transitioning. And I even think for myself of just how much we've transitioned in just the last couple of years. It's quite bizarre. But to accept that as life, Mm -hmm. you know, I think makes it easier for us to adapt a lot faster. Right. And I think that's one of our human needs is just to learn and grow. And, and those are one of the things that I value too. It's just continually learning and growing. Mm-hmm. So just being in this profession that I'm in right now, I feel like um, it's just continually developing. And there's constant research that's going in with regards to health and well-being and how it's so important to value that within our life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Speaking of transition, I do want to transition to our next topic. But before we do, I thought I'd check in with Jenny Lynn and see if you had any thoughts you wanted to share. Oh, no, I'm excited to hear what she has to say about self-care, especially in these crazy times <laughs> of all, all the right. people being in the house all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, Elaine, today we wanted to talk about the value of self-care. And I think the first question I have to ask, and it sounds so simple, but I think most of us don't grasped it is self-care like what does self-care mean and what does it mean to you yeah so for self-care i've read this definition that really just resonated with me and it's the practice of taking an active role in protecting our well-being or it's our one owns well-being and happiness so just um, that word practice, meaning that it doesn't have to be perfect, so that it's, there's progression that we're, again, learning and growing from it. And also practice, I've heard the, the, someone had said practice, meaning it leads to permanence. So being consistent with it, being consistent in what we do on how to care for ourselves. And for me, self-care is 
our lifestyle behaviors and their healthy lifestyle behaviors that it doesn't have to be something that we have to go out of our way to do, but something that we can actually weave into our life, like eating well or, and I have pretty much based on the, the education and training that I've done, and these are all evidence-based approaches that it's you know, eating well, moving well, sleeping, handling your stress. And then there's that part where the well-being is not just the physical aspect, but also mental, emotional, spiritual. So there's that connection with others and the connection and love part of it. Mm-hmm. When I think of the word well-being, I, I always kind of go back to, or the way that you were describing it reminds me of Maslow's hierarchy of needs mm-hmm. and how, I don't know if the hierarchy is necessarily correct, but it at least addresses the needs that we need, which is like a sense of security, a sense of safety, or you know, a social life, as well as like food and shelter and everything. And so when you kind of describe it, that's what I'm sort of thinking of is like, is that checked off? Because it's, I think about how my mom raised me and it was always about like fulfilling your basic needs. Like, are you fed? Do you have a roof over your head? Are you going to college? You know, are you going to get a job after college? But it's more than that too. There's the emotional aspect to it as well. Kind of like having that sense of purpose or mission in life or that desire to continue growing and learning. And so in a way that sort of is what I think about for the way that you describe self-care. I know you didn't say this yourself, but I do like the emphasis of the word a practice because I think when we finally get to self-care, sometimes we think think we're so behind or we think we should have done this, we should have done that, or we need to do this better or faster. And so I like the word practice because it feels like it's less pressure and it's more like, hey, if you remember to do it, just get back on it. You know, whether it's a simple go for a quick walk outside or drink a cup of water, but just being able to practice those little things is a great way to, like you said, protect your well-being. Yeah, yeah. And you're right about it being a practice. So like you don't have to be strict about it in a way that it's, you know, we have seasons in life that there's times when we can't, fully integrate all of these things all at once. And you, no one expects you to do that. It's just being able to meet those needs at certain points in your life when and where it's most needed. I mean, I would second the, the great advice that it's, it's a practice. I think a lot of people often consider self-care a one-off. Like I'll take a day and go do something really big and really fantastic and then I won't do anything for another three or four months. Like, but the practice of just doing smaller things for yourself every day, I think is a really great reminder and actually, in my opinion, leads to better well-being than just that one big extravagant thing. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that because there is actually a statistic that I read that you know people had it's I think it was like forty-four percent of consumers believe that self-care only for people who have time for it because they think it's like this big extravagant thing where you have to schedule like maybe a spa day or going on vacation but it's not necessarily that like i said self-care is you know protecting you you want to preserve your well-being you want to maybe improve it and that all just comes in with with a self-care routine that we can do and practice every day yeah fantastic i'm curious to know I mean, I feel like this is sort of an obvious question, but I think it's worth discussing. So where we're at right now, you know, in time of history, to me, it doesn't feel normal. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, 
yes, it's important that we're practicing social distancing and we are told to be at home. And it seems like there's a lot of good things that have come out of this to a lot of our surprises. Like a lot of us get to spend more time with family or maybe do more self-care. But there are also a lot of issues that have come up, you know, since the pandemic. And I think what I want to ask is how important is self-care now with the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I feel that it is more imperative nowadays to focus on ourselves and our health. I mean, and I think the pandemic has put a spotlight on that, particularly for those who've been affected or are suffering a lot more. There's people who are more at risk because they already have existing, pre-existing conditions. So a lot of people who are at severe risk have a chronic condition. And that's documented in the CDC website, that if you have a chronic disease such as cardiovascular disease, diabetes, cancer, you're more prevalent to make suffering from Mm. this virus. And just thinking about or just seeing like what our nation is composed of like right now and just looking at, again, statistics, because that's where research is done, that in America, six out of 10 U.S. adults have a chronic disease hmm. and four out of 10 have two or more. And all of these chronic diseases are preventable with lifestyle practice. And again, that that information is out there. The research is there and there's so much research available. But, you know, again, the challenge is, is just how we're going to do that. How are we going to take care of ourselves? And it's something that I think should be talked more about how it, it goes beyond just wearing masks and applying antibacterial because this won't be the first time that we would suffer as a nation because of a virus if we don't take care of of ourselves and take preventative measures now with regards to our overall health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I'm curious to know because, you know, you mentioned that we need to spend more time talking about a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we don't? Why, Why do you think it's kind of overlooked or maybe not valued as much to have a healthy lifestyle? I mean, my take on it is that it seems too easy not to do. It's like you could tell yourself you're going to walk every day, you're going to take care of yourself every day, but it's also easy not to do it. And I even think for myself, (laughs) since this pandemic has started, you know, Scott and I would just, you know, go to fast food restaurants because it's easy. You know, we could say like, oh, well, well, we, we clearly, we have a garden at home. We have kombucha. We have like a fridge full of like healthy stuff, but then we'll go get fast food, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know what, I mean, I probably need you know, like a separate one-to-one to have a discussion about my own personal issues. But why do you think, in your opinion, is why do you think we're not talking about enough about maintaining, you know, a healthy lifestyle? Oh, well, there's so many different factors that come in, you know, I mean, social influences, cultural influences. Sometimes you just get into like the habit of doing things like we usually would take the easier wrap like you mentioned it's easier to get fast food rather than having to cook at home and prepare food because that takes time so it's just a matter of i think like really placing a high value on your health and seeing it in that way to just put that spotlight on there and how important it is how our our health is so important and how it affects all every aspect of our life and i think maybe because it doesn't come like 
fast. Like it's not quick. You know, you don't experience it. Like if you eat a, I don't know, fast food or fries and burger, it doesn't affect you right there. I mean, maybe it can affect you with energy wise. You might feel that, but if you're so used to eating that type of food, you're accustomed to it. So you don't see it until maybe, I don't know, a year later or two years later when you go to the doctor and you see what your biometrics are, your you know, like cholesterol and maybe your blood sugar is up. So you don't see it until much later. So you don't want to take action on it right away. I see. So it's kind of like because you don't get an immediate reaction. It's not like when you eat a burger, it like shows up in your stomach like immediately. You know, it takes a couple burgers to start <laughs> like seeing it, you know, around your waist. And so that makes a lot of sense. It's kind of when it seems like it's too little too late when you get that diagnosis or when you get your stats, your blood tests where you're like, oh, I didn't realize that all those burgers I was eating, you know, led to something such as this. Yeah. And that's what happened to me, I would say, when after, after I had my kids, I, I was really just focused on them. And I was good with preparing their food, but <laughs> I wasn't taking care of myself. So I mean, even just like with doctor's appointments, I was, I made sure they went to every doctor's appointments, but then I missed like every, I think I missed four years worth of doctor's appointments. And then when I wow. finally went to that exam, I was just really surprised that I was like, how did I get to this point where my blood sugar was borderline pre-diabetic? And I never thought that that can happen to me because I was running marathons. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't paying attention to, you know, what I was eating or the level of, of stress I had because running can also, running too much can also produce that stress. And I was sleeping well either. So a lot of it just adds up and then it shows up. It impacts your health and and you see it once you go visit your doctor. Yeah, I have heard that even too much of a good thing can end up being a bad thing. And I have heard people, I spoke with someone a couple months ago now where he said that he ran himself to the point of depression because <laughs> that's like all he did. And, and he's in Canada and he's like, and he said like, you know, it's really cold when you don't have any fat on your body. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I was like, some people would envy that if you, if you could, if that was like your number one complaint. But anyway, Jenny Lynn, just want to check in with you, see if you had any thoughts. Oh, no, I think this is great. I was reviewing my own self-wellness routine during these times. And I was thinking about the, the lack of sleep. Like, that's probably been the hardest for me during this is, like, just the constant mental fog then, like, rolls over into the night. Mm-hmm. And it's harder to get going every morning. Like, the longer this goes on, that's been, like, my even though like we really try to eat well and we exercise and I'm for sure not an over exerciser. Um, so that's not my problem, but just trying to keep it all in balance to stay like as well as possible under the given circumstances. Right. And you know, there's always that overlap that one can affect another. And like you said, like even, even if you're eating well and getting exercise, if you're not sleeping well, that has an effect on your health. Also with the cortisol as part of the stress, like being released and cortisol has an effect on your blood sugar and all of it just like are intertwined and just the workings of, of the human body is amazing. And when you're not nourishing, when you're not in a place where your body's not nourished with sleep, with exercise, with 
relaxation to handle stress or nutrition, all of those, they all count and they all have an effect on how your health and well-being is. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the advice I want to ask for right now is unique to the times. I think for myself, for example, I've given myself permission to just eat whatever I want and not exercise because mm-hmm. who's going to see me anyway? <laughs> you know, it's just shouldering up and I'll just wear a loose top. No one will ever tell, you know, mm-hmm. but obviously that's not good for the long run. So mm-hmm. for people who are maybe in the same situation as me, that it's kind of using the pandemic as an excuse to maybe not take care of myself as well as I should. What do you want to say to people who, yeah, are also like maybe even telling themselves that they should get back into taking care of themselves again, but maybe they're finding it hard to do so? Yeah, I always like to do that inner type of reflection where we have to ask ourselves, what's the most important? You know, what do we value in life and how can is either our self-care or our lifestyle practice affecting that? because eventually down the line, it will be affected. And that's kind of like the way I like to think about it and the way I live my life personally, because I've seen its effect on me. And also even just short term when I'm not taking care of myself, I know I don't have the energy and then I'm in a bad mood and that affects my kids. So it's just paying attention to like how that affects the most important things in my life. Mm-hmm. My family is number one, of course, and that's how I would view it so that it drives me to take better care of myself. I think that's important to note. I was just thinking, not to throw him under the bus, but like Scott's like an enabler. He's like, oh, let's eat this. Let's eat that. And at first I was like, no, no, I'm self-disciplined. I'm fine. I, I don't need that. I'll make a smoothie. But I think uh, he weakened me. And <laughs> and now I'm just like, at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, do you want anything from like Taco Bell? Do you want something from McDonald's? And and when he used to like initiate it. And but however, I do know that it is affecting us like health wise and also sleep wise. Like it's hard to eat when you have a sugar rush at nine o'clock at night, you know, and yeah. the melatonin is not helping you go to sleep. So I think that's another thing to keep in mind is like, if not for you, than for the people that you care about because, and we, we talked about this offline, but it's like, if you take care of yourself, you also take care of the people around you because you're setting that example. And especially because, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a mother. I'm a, I'm a fur dog mom, <laughs> but you know, I imagine for parents, it's important to set that example because, you know, your kids are looking at you, your kids are watching your every move. And if they see you taking care of yourself, then, you know, I think they pick that up as well. Yeah, you're right. And it's important to even you talking about Scott as is your husband, just having that support system is so important. When you want to make a lifestyle change, you want to start taking those steps so that you can have a healthy lifestyle. It's important to have like your family back you up with that on that. And part of it is just having that conversation that, hey, you know, I'm maybe just have a concern about it, that this is what I heard or what I've read, that this can lead to, you know, the risk of chronic disease. And that's not the type of life that I want for myself and for for you to have, you know, for my kids to have to witness and experience having to take care of me because like, as their mom, I want to be able to take care of them and them learning how to take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. So having that conversation and then that education, I know, my kids will probably say like, I'm the sugar Nazi because 
because I always would say something about sugar and my husband makes, makes fun of me too. But yeah, but they understand where I'm coming from because I talk about diabetes and mm. how that's, you know, I am at risk for it mm-hmm. and I have to pay attention to that. So, so they're respectful and they also, and they also understand how it can affect them. So, you know, that my kids don't have like a treat every day. I always tell them, a treat is a treat. You know, that's why it's called a treat. <laughs> right, right. It's they not a, yeah. where I'm coming from and they understand the why. So I have to explain to them like what, how it affects your body and how it affects your well-being. So that's education and having a conversation and having them support you along the way. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Jenny Lynn, I saw you laughing there. So I want to see if you had any thoughts. Uh, my kids would say the same thing about the food. Having grown up in the 90s when it was like diet culture and everything became like fat free and this and that. And now knowing that that isn't necessarily what actually fuels a healthy body you know, as an adult and now as a mom, like I've really had to shift my mindset on what is healthy. And I am like the meal Nazi at my house. Like I have one child that like only wants bean and cheese burritos for breakfast, which I've had to relax on because at least there's some protein in that and he will at least eat. (laughs) Otherwise he just ignores me going, Hey, here's some food. The other one would eat literally whatever and all of it. And so we have, I'm like, you have to have some sort of protein and then you can have a small muffin. Like, and it's a constant conversation in our house or like they'll finish what I've made for dinner and I'm still hungry. And I'm like, okay, well you can have more green beans or you can have more chicken. And they're like, anything else? I'm like, you can have more green beans or you can have more chicken. And so like, we're trying to build those healthy things in our kids because my husband and I both grew up in that diet culture and as adults have really had to make a conscious effort not to live that way. So like, but teaching little people that without sounding like the overbearing, you know, crack the whip mom or like still allowing for like fun or treat without it being a huge thing all the time is a really fine line to walk. Yeah, it is hard. I mean, cause, because my, daughter she loves to bake and I let her do that mm-hmm. but I think they're already at the point where they don't over like they won't like they'll bake cookies but they'll have like one uh, one cookie and that's it so they won't overeat it and I, I think they've they've gotten to that point but they already know but it is hard you know it's it's something that you kind of like have to figure out how to do it in a way where they're not they won't develop any type of like disorder from it. <laughs> you got to have that balance. So yeah, I get what you're saying. I also appreciate how you mentioned Elaine, like the importance of knowing your why behind taking care of your well-being, and also explaining it to, you know, your little tribe, like your little, your family, you know, to your daughters and to your husband, because I think about my own upbringing and, you know, it was just like, eat that or don't eat that. Or like, if you eat that, you're going to get diabetes. You know, it's just very, (laughs) very just blunt answers. And, you know, I didn't really realize how bad a sugar was for me till I moved out to the East coast. And I started, not that I've kept up with like a keto diet, but I started a keto diet (laughs) when I moved out here and I started to see how bad it was, you know, to have sugar, like how much sugar I actually had, you know, in my diet. And I know you recently held a it was like a 14 day sugar reset. 
And that had reminded me in that reset, (laughs) just how much sugar I had in my diet and how much I continue to have. And so I think it's an ongoing discussion on the importance of taking care of our health. And I know we talked a lot about what we eat and nutrition, but just as you mentioned earlier, it's more than that. You know, it's also exercise. It's also your mental health. It's your sleep. And so there's so much to understanding that, but to remind ourselves that you don't have to know it all. You don't have to be perfect at it. You have to just consider it as an ongoing practice to continue bettering yourself. And when you better yourself and take care of your yourself, you know, you set that example for other people. Yeah, exactly. You said it best with um, just making it a practice and that you don't have to feel bad if one day you, you didn't take care of yourself. But just having that practice and be in trying to be as consistent as possible, just doing and also doing just maybe one thing at a time, maybe that entire, you know, that list of things you have to do with like eating well and exercise and stress management. And now you have to, you know, sleep seven to nine hours, just putting all that on you at all at the same time makes it more overwhelming. So just pick one that is affecting you the most right now. Like Jenaline said, she said there, she's struggling with sleep. So maybe she can look at ways on how she can improve her quality of sleep or maybe get to bed earlier. I'm not sure exactly where you're struggling at, but, you know, just taking that part of your life because that's where you're struggling the most and see how maybe you can improve it. Beautiful. Well, Elaine, you went out of your way to collect some amazing resources for us, which I will mention in the show notes. I'm just curious which of the resources you shared is maybe the most favorite one for you that you want our listeners to know that is already provided to our community. Yeah, well, there's, you know, I found out about this military one source program, which I didn't take advantage of, but I didn't find out about it until during the tap, it was a tap class for spouses that they have a free coaching program for service members and families. And it's a wellness coaching program. So you can, I think it's called coach hub, but I did provide that website for you. And it's basically talking with a coach to talk about what your goal, what your wellness goals are. And I'm sure they'll spend some time with what that looks like for you, where you explore what's most important to you and why, why should we value our health and, and that the exploratory assessments usually is the introductory session. And then you go into goal setting and that, I think it's like just having that support someone to talk to you about your health and well-being because it's, again, it's not the conversation that you would just normally have with your friends or even family. Just having that support to be able to talk about it and will help you take action and, and move forward to improve your health. And the other one was the VA has a whole health program. And like recently... I just found out through the National Veterans Transition Services, that's a reboot program. They've partnered mm-hmm. with the Task Human, and there's, they call it a wellness app, and it is a wellness app, and it's just not for veterans, but they've partnered with Task Human to offer like a free 30-minute coaching session, and it's, it's a variety of areas, so like mm-hmm. yoga and meditation and mindfulness and and there's also some transitioning areas there too for like life life transitions different topics that you can address and i've signed up to be a volunteer veteran coach 
which I mean, I haven't received any calls yet because I haven't been as consistent with like, giving my hours, <laughs> my <laughs> hours, but it's available and that people, veterans can also take advantage of. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to collect those resources. And even for the ones that we didn't list right now, I'll be sure to provide that in the show notes for people that are interested in exploring what is already available to them in regards to, you know, taking care of the well-being. So thank you, Elaine, so much for sharing that with us. So Elaine, I just remember years ago, or within the three and a half years I've known you, I sort of remember when you started your business, or at least the brand name Evoke Strong. And I remember when you were doing Facebook Live interviews, and it's just been a wonderful experience to, for lack of a better term, online stalk you and see your, your progress and where you're at today in your business. And so I'd love to just share the resources you are providing as well as a business owner. And from my understanding, you had recently, how do I say it, like rebranded or focused more of your efforts toward veteran women for your services. And so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about that for our listeners and how people can get a hold of you if they would like to learn more. Most definitely. Yeah, I think the COVID has made me, again, do a lot of inner reflection and who I wanted to serve. And I went back to what and what part of my life has really helped me grow as a person and it was my life in the military. And so when it's like, well, I'm, I want to give back and I want to, and this is why I have my business because I want to be in service to others. And I'm like, okay, well, it makes most sense for me to serve fellow women veterans. So my business, I've rebranded to serve women veteran leaders and to help them implement a lifestyle routine that you know, would help them take charge of their health and prevent chronic disease, like I, because I mentioned earlier, chronic disease is a big issue right now in the United States. Mm-hmm. And also, I've forgotten to mention American College of Lifestyle Medicine had done this. They've done a study for military health, and they've released this infographic of what military health looks like right now. And there is, you know, again, chronic disease, obesity, blood hypertension. Wow. Yeah, all of that, it's affecting our military readiness. And so it's definitely, it's on top of mind of even our military because it's it's also affecting that. So, So yeah, so I wanted to serve fellow veteran, women veterans, and and that's why I pivoted to that. And it took the COVID to (laughs) make me realize who I wanted to serve best. But my website is still evokestrong.com, and that's where people can find me on Facebook, Instagram, at evokestrong, LinkedIn, Elaine Dusitzing, that's my name. So yeah, that's how people can get in touch with me. Great. Thank you so much for sharing that, Elaine, and uh, really for taking the time to be on our show today to share a little bit about your life and what led you into the industry that you're doing today and helping people with their well-being. Jenny Lynn, I just want to check with you one more time, see if you had any thoughts or anything you want to add uh, before we close up. I'm just super excited. I was scrolling the Evoke Strong website as Elaine was talking, being someone who works in the mental health care business myself. It's a great resource to know you know, our, our missions and professional lives cross over quite a bit. So it's great to know this resource is out there. Thank you so much. And it's, it's a pleasure to meet you, Jenny. Yeah, <laughs> great to meet you too.
Yes. And just want to make sure also with you, Elaine, if you have, uh, I know we have in our notes here, just want to make sure we include everything. If you had any final closing thoughts for us. Just final closing thoughts. I mean, once again, you know, self-care, just find the value of self-care in your life right now and put a high value on it. And let's think about lifestyle as the foundation to good health. And when we include this healthy lifestyle approaches into just our everyday routine, then that will lead us to, again, protect, preserve, and improve our well-being. Awesome. Well, Elaine, thank you once again. It's been great being friends with you for the last three and a half years. Not that we spend like every day together, but it's been great <laughs> staying in touch and, and everything. Also, Jenny Lynn, thank you for co-hosting with me as always. Thanks for having me. Yes. And to our listeners, we hope that today's episode gave you one more piece of knowledge, resource, or relevant story so you can continue to make confident and informed decisions for you and your family. We look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.